are listening to the Batflip Podcast, a baseball podcast from Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network. Here are your hosts, Damian and Matt. Welcome back, everyone, to the Batflip Podcast. My name is Damian here with my co-host, Matt, coming to you on June 14th of 2022. Got some injury news to start with, and then we are going to jump into the All-Star Game ballots now that Phase 1 of the voting has begun. Uh, but before we get into that, how are you doing, Matt? Uh, doing pretty good. Uh, just trying to get over this uh, heat wave we've got going on here in the southeast. It's been about 100 degrees, and I think our heat index is probably like 115 with all the humidity. So uh, it's been pretty swampy feeling the last few days. But uh, ready to get into it, talk a little baseball. Yeah, the the heat is uh, luckily not hitting the central part of California as much yet. So uh, I'm lucky for that. But Definitely, uh, I'm not looking forward to those days, even though the difference between yours and mine is yours is a lot more muggy and we ours just feels like we're burning. So, but uh, let's go ahead and we'll jump right into the injury news. The first part of it, we'll start with the Atlanta Braves uh, second baseman, Ozzy Albies, ended up fracturing his foot yesterday during an at-bat. Yeah, uh, it was a really weird situation. Um, he, he just took an awkward swing and um, kind of rolled his ankle over in his swing. And it, apparently it broke a bone in his foot. So uh, they did put him on the 60-day IL, which kind of sucks because that means he will be out for at least uh, two months. Whereas we didn't really know, you know, anything. You, when they say broken foot, it could be, you know, sometimes that's like a three or four week recovery. And sometimes that's a season ending type thing. You just don't know. There's a lot of different bones and pieces in your foot. So uh, really, a, really a bummer. Uh, but, you know, the Braves who have won, 12 straight games and are winning big right now tonight and they're trying to win their 13th straight game um hurts to lose him the, the good thing for the braves is that orlando arcia has, has been playing pretty well when he's played off the bench so they do have somebody in-house that has got a lot of major league experience and uh can man that and ozzy shouldn't be out for the year he should return at some point so uh for the playoff push but uh definitely a bummer to lose your all-star second baseman but uh you know, hopefully, uh, you know, hopefully Ozzy gets well soon and comes back as good as ever. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a, a big loss, especially just the clubhouse guy that Ozzy is to that team. Um, he's usually one of the ones providing mo- most of the fun for that team, keeping them loose every day. So they're going to miss that. Um, you know, he hadn't, hasn't been the greatest offensively this year, but, you know, you still don't say like, hey, you know, you're going to miss that bat in your lineup, even though RC is probably going to fill in just fine for them. But, uh, it, it definitely sucks for the Braves. The next part of injury news we have is that the Los Angeles Dodgers starter, Walker Bueller, uh, had to leave the game, I believe it was on Friday night, with a right flexor strain in his elbow, um, and looks like he'll be shut down for six to eight weeks. Yeah, you know, I think we might have talked about this once or twice, but Walker Bueller has been struggling this year. Uh, compared to normal and I, you know there was a lot of talk about wondering why you know his fastball velocity has been a little bit down from from when he first came up and uh, he hadn't had great command of his pitches and it's been he's just been a little off and uh, I'm wondering if that maybe there is well, some kind of effect from this starting the season but um, you know the good news is that you know it doesn't sound like it's going to be a Tommy John thing when you heard when I heard elbow injury I was like uh-oh so hopefully he'll be back at some point, uh, you know, late in the season, getting ready for a pl- playoff push. Yeah, so that was the initial concern was obviously a, a UCL and Tommy John surgery. Um, but another thing that actually I found out late today um, when he did his first kind of talking with the media um, is he actually had a bone spur in his pitching elbow as well. 
um, that had been bothering him the whole year. So that could be another issue why a lot of the velocity and command had went down. Um, he actually went ahead and got that removed as well. And that doesn't really affect the timeline from where he's going to be. But um, he said he hopes to be back in like 10 weeks. But I think that's going to be in. I think that's kind of on the, the fast side. I wouldn't be surprised to see him on the 12 to 13 week area, especially how we know the Dodgers are usually very concerned with their pitcher's health and usually slow play them um, a lot more than other teams usually do. So Walker Buehler is going to be a massive blow to that team who had already had question marks with the rotation around Kershaw, who just came back on Saturday. Um, Andrew Keeney, who's been out as well. Dustin May hasn't pitched. You know, he had Tommy John last year. He's supposed to be back sometime late this year. And then the bullpens faced a little bit of injuries as well. So you needed your ace and Walker Buehler to kind of be that guy this year. And, and you know, it sucks that he has to go through his arm issues just sometimes, what you got to deal with, you know. That's why it pays to have a lot of good pitchers. It does. Uh, it really does. And uh, that, that's why pitching depth can never be over uh, overstated enough. But staying in the NL West uh, and talking about probably the best player in that division with Fernando Tatis Jr. had a CT scan today. Uh, to update on his wrist didn't show the improvement in the healing that the Padres were kind of hoping. So his, uh, his return to swinging a bat will still be delayed for a little while. Yeah. That's a big time bummer for San Diego is, you know, as it's been stated so many times, how good Fernando Tatis Jr. Is um, and the fact that they're chasing down the Dodgers right now and, and look to be, you know, every bit as good they're, the pitching has been really good for San Diego the the bats have really been the quiet part for them this year um as some of their guys haven't really fully got going guys like trent grisham hadn't really fully got going cronenworth hadn't fully gotten going so uh, you know if they can get those guys go they really need to have tatis jr back to, to really push for to win this division and uh they were hoping that that went too far down the line but it sounds like it might be a little bit further than they were expecting so uh, hopefully he gets better uh pretty soon and we get to see one of the more fun young stars in the game come back soon yeah the game really needs a guy like fernando tatis jr to be healthy and to come there and help in that division push um luckily it, it still sounds like he should be back you know sometime late july early august as long as everything kind of keeps moving along at some pace at least but that you know the padres are they have proven that they are really good and they right there with the dodgers and they're going to need Tatis in that late run when they face the Dodgers nine times in September. Um, so as long as you can get stay in, in striking distance and get Tatis back, you know, in the second half of the season and make that push, um, you know, you got to do it. But it, it still seems like they're going to be a playoff team. So as long as you have them healthy for the playoffs, I think that's what really matters. Well, let's go ahead and jump into our all-star ballot. Uh, we're just going to basically fill out a ballot for the show. We'll each give who we initially think should make it, and then we'll agree on a guy eventually. Um, but let's go ahead and start with the American League and first base. So who do you feel like is your uh, the, the call at first base in the American League? Yeah, so uh, you know, I, I really think this is kind of a runaway for the most part. Um, I think that Ty France is definitely the guy. Um, he's played 61 games, uh, hit 324 on the season, a 401 on base, 485 slugging, a 163 WRC plus, nine home runs. Um, you know, this is a guy that's just really, really, really good, and he's really carried the Mariners for a lot of a lot of the season. Um, you know, the other guys that that could maybe be involved, you could talk a little bit about uh, Luis Arias. He's always been that 
very low strikeout guy. I don't know if he's on the ballot for first base because he's kind he of is. a utility guy. But okay, so since he's on the ballot for first base, we can talk about him. Um, and uh, he, you know, he's a he's a guy that I mean, you could you could probably you could probably throw him in there, and I mean, you can always throw Vlad Jr. in there. But this has been a down year for him compared to what I think his typical season is going to be. Although I think a lot of it's batting average on balls and play driven that his bat, he's had some bad luck and I think he's going to have a huge second half. So, but, but as of right now, I think Ty France should definitely be the pick here in the American league. Yeah, I agree with Ty France. Um, Luis Arias is another name for sure. Uh, you know, another name that is on the ballot for first base, uh, even though he probably hasn't played mo- a majority of his games, there is G man Choi. He's had a really good start to the season as well. Um, you know, a 284 average, a 372 on base, 485 slugging with a 150 WRC plus. He's on the ballot as a first baseman, um, so he, he's another guy you could probably look at there. But I, I do agree. I think Ty France is far and away the the kind of runaway uh, with this position for sure. Uh, but we'll jump over to the National League, and I really feel in the National League it's probably a two horse race uh, at the top right now, uh, leading with Paul Goldschmidt and Pete Alonso. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it's pretty obvious here that Paul Goldschmidt's the best first baseman in the National League right now. Uh, coming into tonight, had a 335 average, 419 own base, and a 598 slugging, but that was coming into tonight. Tonight he hit three home runs, so um, he has been – he's actually had eight plate appearances tonight. They have but, a doubleheader. Um, oh, okay, so they, I didn't realize that, but he had three home runs today. Uh, he now has a 349 average, 5, 429 on base, a 642 slugging, and a very cool 200 WRC plus on the season. This guy is far and beyond the best first baseman in the National League right now. Uh, you know, I think uh, you got you, you got Pete Alonso has been really good too. Um, you know, he he's he's cut down his strikeouts a lot, and you know has a high average for him compared to typical. Um, you know, I think you look at uh, Freddie Freeman's been pretty good, but he, he had quite been his typical uh, at the plate. Uh, 131 WRC plus is pretty solid. Uh, you know, the on base percentage at 368 is a little bit lower than we are used to seeing from him. But of course, you know, hitting seems to be down around the league in, in general. So, uh, but uh, but yeah, this has been a. Uh, I, I really think Paula Goldschmidt is is pretty easily the pick here. Yeah, I think first base was was kind of easy. I think the the definitely two far and away runaways um, with that position for sure. But let's jump into the American League second base uh, where you have guys like Jose Altuve probably leading the vote. Uh, you have other guys. Trevor Story's had you know a re- renaissance late, but I don't think it's enough to really get up to the level that Jose Altuve is kind of at right now. Yeah, I mean, Jose Altuve is definitely the guy here. Uh, he's only played 46 games, which is pretty low. I mean, you know, some, a lot of these guys played 60. I know he had a, he dealt with, a, I think, a, maybe a hamstring injury in the first month of the season. But, I mean, in only 46 games, he's already just a, a tenth of a point of war behind uh, Santiago Espinal, who actually leads second baseman in war uh, right now in the American League. Uh, but Jose Altuve has been insane. He's got a 279 average, which is honestly a little bit lower than, than his peripherals are showing. Uh, he, 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 but a 347 on base, 536 slugging. He's already hit 12 home runs, and, and that's only in that 46 games. A 154 WRC plus. He's playing good defense. Uh, base running could maybe be a little bit better, but he's been the best second baseman in the American League and definitely deserves that all-star nod. 
So here's another name I want to throw at you because I it's on the ballot for second base, um, and I don't quite know. He's played 32 games at second base this year and 16 at shortstop. So I guess it is uh, it does is valid that he's on here as a second base. But Andres Jimenez is kind of an interesting yeah. name. He's a guy who has a 303 average this year, 339 on base. 523 slugging, you know, seven homers already is phenomenal for him. A 143 WRC plus, and he's really good defensively. Like I, I'm actually now the more I look at it, I might actually lean Andres Jimenez. What do you think? Yeah, I mean Andres Jimenez has been uh, really good. I don't think he's qualified for the batting title right now. Might be why he wasn't. Yeah, he actually does lead in WAR at. He's played 48 games actually, but his plate appearances are 166 plate appearances. So, uh, you know that sample size does matter to me. That he's only had, you know, he still had like 50 less plate appearances than than Altuve, even though he's played two more games. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, Andres Jimenez has been really good. A lot of it is Babbitt fueled, uh, but that defense is 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 incredible. He's he's hit for power, which is something we didn't really expect from him coming in. So. But yeah, I mean, you could pick between the two pretty easily. I, I would probably still lean Altuve, but right. I mean, Andres Jimenez is, is is right there too. Yeah, we'll go with Altuve, but Jimenez is definitely somebody yeah. to uh, to watch he for should, in future ballots. I think he ought to he ought to be on the team. Um, but yeah, I don't know for about sure. yeah, for sure. All right, well, let's look at second base for the National League, and it's led by guys like Jazz Chisholm. Ozzy would probably be in the conversation at some point. Um, but I think it's really down. Jeff McNeil is another guy um, that you could probably make. I think Jeff McNeil and, and Jazz Chisholm are probably the two that we're going to be deciding through. Yeah, um, I definitely think Jeff McNeil and Jazz Chisholm are the two. This is a tough one because Jazz Chisholm is electrifying and he's really fun to watch. But, you know, you look at some of his numbers and, you know, he's got a sub 300 on base percentage right now, which is pretty rough. Um, he does have a 130 WRC plus, a 531 slugging, uh, but you know he's 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 dropped you know 72 points of own base percentage from what Jeff McNeil's put up. I think the big difference here is that that Jazz Chisholm, 10 stolen bases, and a uh, and a uh, and a really solid glove at second base, I think is the big difference here between the two. So I probably would pick Jazz Chisholm, but this is one of the closer picks for me between any position because both jazz chisholm and jeff mcneil have both been really 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 good and uh it's tough to pick between those two guys because they're and they're such different players too which is pretty crazy yeah and i think a lot of people think that this is a runaway jazz chisholm easy um and i think that just was really to the way that jeff mcneil's not as flashy as him um and i think it's a lot closer race than people you know mo most of the national media will have you thinking it is jeff mcneil's really really good and i really considered him a lot for this award uh or for this vote at least uh he's another guy definitely should be on the team but i think just right now jazz chisholm has to be the pick um especially what he's done recently uh you know after that team meeting they had where i guess a lot of people were unhappy with him on the team he's kind of rose to the occasion and kind of carried the team on his back a little bit as of late uh so i definitely think that jazz chisholm's the pick but Jeff McNeil is it's really really close. I, you you couldn't go wrong picking either one of those two for sure. But looking over to the American League third base side, who do you got over there? So for the American League third base, um, I think that Rafael Devers and Jose Ramirez are two of the best players in baseball in general, and I think I lean to Jose Ramirez here. 
Um, you know, he's just such a well-rounded hitter. A 292 average, 389 on base, 641 slugging. Just in, that, those are incredible numbers. A 186 WRC plus. His batting average on balls in play is only a 254, and he's still got those numbers. 16 home runs. Uh, you know, now with his profile, he does hit the ball in the air a lot, which leads to a lower Babbitt. So he just always runs a little bit of a lower batting average on balls in play. But man, you would think that that would come up just a little bit. But um, he's also, a, you know, he's a little bit above average defensively, and uh, he's a good base runner. He's stolen nine bases. I think you've got to go with Jose Ramirez, although Rafael Devers is a very close second to me for me. Yeah, it's it's tough. It's really, really tough. Um, I think a lot of us came in this year expecting, uh, you know, a guy like Devers to have this type of a season, and he really has. Um, you know, we were all wondering with Jose Ramirez, he kind of struggled, um, you know, at times over the last couple of years. We weren't sure, you know, especially with the, the contract looming, there. He ends up signing that extension, taking less money to stay in Cleveland, and he's really showed out and been that all-star player and the leader of that club. Um, it's another one of those scenarios where you couldn't go wrong picking either one of these. Um, you know, I, me personally, I probably lean a little bit towards Devers more um, just because of the strides I've seen Devers make, at least defensively. Um, he's done, he's been a well above average defender so far this year, but Jose Ramirez just does so much. His base running, his stealing on the base paths, um, being kind of the only guy in that lineup that teams fear and still putting up these numbers, whereas in Devers, he's in that lineup. He has Bogarts. He has J.D. Martinez. You have Trevor Story. You have Verdugo. Like, you have guys around there, so he has some protection. So I think that's probably what I'll uh, uh, why Jose Ramirez will, will get more of the votes here, but uh, Devers is, is very much in the conversation. Looking over at the National League side, though, you have Nolan Arenado, you have Manny Machado, you have Austin Riley, uh, are kind of like the top three guys probably separating themselves. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I think, um, and I think just, you know, just for fun, you could throw a fourth in there too with Cabrian Hayes, um, and maybe even a fifth with, I don't I think it's Brandon Drury on the ballot at third base. Yes, he is. Uh, yeah, so Brandon Drury has actually been really good this year too. But I, I do think those two are pretty far behind the top three. But I think you got to go with Manny Machado here. Um, you know, a 322 average, 391 on base, 530 slugging, 158 WRC plus. He's got the great glove at third base. Uh, you know, he's just a, a really, really nice all-around third baseman. Nolan Arenado has been great this year. Uh, you know, I think um, he's been – He's been every bit as good as as he was when he was in Colorado, uh, but you know even at that he he'll he should be an all star. But I mean Manny Machado is just having a spectacular season so far. Then Austin Riley's also been really good, but um, you know he's just not quite as good as those other two. So yeah, and if you would have said earlier in the season, you you know you could have had the the talk with Nolan Arenado started the season insane as well um but it's Machado's really separated himself especially as of the past like month or so uh, he's clear-cut pick at third base in the National League for sure so let's move over to the shortstop position and you got guys like Tim Anderson Xander Bogarts Carlos Correa JP Crawford Jeremy Pena I mean this is one of the the harder discussions we're going to have because i think there's at least a handful of players that are worthy at least to be in the conversation yeah this is a really really tough one because i think xander bogarts is one of my favorite players 
Um, you know, you look at Jeremy Pena as being, um, you know, a, a, just a, a superstar in the making. And he's been he's been a standout player for you know replacing Carlos Correa. And Tim Anderson, in only 40 games, has been insanely good at the plate. Uh, so that that's it's been very interesting. Uh, J.P. Crawford also has been really really good, even though his defense has suffered a little bit this year, which has kind of set him back from you know tallying some of the some of the uh, advanced metrics. But um, I think I'll probably go with Jeremy Pena. Actually, uh, he's been incredible with the glove, with the bat. Um, I love Xander Bogarts, but he is running a 389 BABIP as well, which is makes you feel like there's regression coming. Uh, maybe he's been a little bit lucky. Jeremy Pena, 324 Babbitt. He, he looks like, you know, he can probably sustain this level of, of production. Uh, and, I mean, you look at their numbers very similar. Jeremy Pena, I think, has got a better glove for sure. Xander Bogart is very average at shortstop at best. And I think if you look at all-around value, I think Jeremy Pena is my guy here. So I'm going to go with him. But, uh, you know, you could make a definite argument for – any of those guys honestly yeah i think it really comes down to the two you mentioned um between xander and jeremy pena i i kind of lean more xander still um just because of the impact he's had offensively he still has an 867 ops uh he still has a 145 wrc plus like he is not as good a defender as pena for sure but i think the offensive side makes up for it a little bit more uh with you know over pena but it is really close, and that's really a shout-out to Jeremy Pena because I was not high on him coming into the year. I was really worried about what the Astros were going to get from the shortstop position, um, and he's really proved you know, a lot of people wrong, and the fact that he's in this conversation and we're talking about him you know, being a potential all-star game starter over guys like Carlos Correa, who he replaced, over Xander Bogarts, over Tim Anderson, who's had been great the last couple of years. We didn't even mention Bo Bichette because the type of year he's had isn't and all-star worthy so far. Um, and Corey Seager, the same thing. So Jeremy Pena has really been a feel-good story. Uh, I'll go ahead and give him the vote for, for in this ballot as the uh, our all-star game starter yeah. for sure. Yeah, and one other thing on those American League shortstops is that Tim Anderson, if he, if he had played every game or, or close to every game, he would be far and away the leader here probably the way he's played this year. But your sample size is a lot smaller with him, so I just don't know if he can keep up what he's done in this first you know, because it's not fair to it's not fair to Jeremy Pena and Xander Bogarts who have, you know, 45, 50 more plate appearances than him to, uh, you know, when he's got when, when you're, you know, when you're talking about rate numbers. So I think um, I think Tim Anderson, though, is, is definitely a good shout out here, too. Yeah, it's a very valid point for sure. But looking over at the National League side, who do you have over here? Well, the National League side is as difficult as the American League side at shortstop. You really got four guys who could who could have a legit argument here. Uh, you know, you got Tommy Edmond has been extremely good. Um, he leads in, in war in the National League uh, shortstops. Uh, you know, 15 stolen bases is big. He's got hit 278 with a 355 on base, a 418 slugging. That's a 124 WRC plus, but his glove has also been incredible. Dansby Swanson started off the first month of the season was one of the worst player, one of the worst hitter in the National League probably, and ever since then he's been one of the best hitters in the National League. Uh, he's been insane this last month, and he's brought his numbers all the way up to a 292 average, a 356 on base, 
and a 460 slugging. And yeah, he also hit a homer tonight, so those numbers can go up even more. Um, you know, above a 130 WRC plus, and he's had an incredible glove at shortstop as well. Uh, nine stolen bases for Dansby too has been really nice. Uh, Francisco Lindor's had a bit of a renaissance year, although his, his offensive numbers are down from those two guys a little bit. And then uh, Trey Turner's been really solid at the plate, too. Um, although defensively, he's not quite the same as those top three. And uh, so definitely a very interesting, um, they're very interesting pick here. It's I think it's probably between Edmund and Swanson. And I might, man, it's tough between those two because, you know, Dansby's been so hot the last month, but... Edmonds kind of been this the whole year so I might go Tommy Edmond just because he's been like this all year but man I, I don't know I, it's hard to pick against Dansby with the numbers he's putting up right now yeah and I, I'm not quite sure why Tommy Edmonds on the ballot on as a shortstop to yeah. begin with um, he has 48 games played at second this year and 20 at shortstop so that doesn't really make a lot of sense to me i think if he was in second that'd be a really great conversation yeah. between jazz edmund and mcneil for sure edmund would be running away with second base at, at shortstop though i just i don't i don't know i i really feel like it at least to me it would it comes down to swanson and trey and swanson just has the edge you know because he's so much better defensively um you know with value wise there even though the offensive numbers you know, they're really dang close as well. 128 WRC plus to a 130. A lot of the counting stats look pretty similar as well. Uh, so to me, I, I really think it's it's probably Dansby at this point, where if you would have said that to begin the year or after the first like month of the season, anyone would be laughing at you. Yeah, I was going to say too, in fact, you know, Dansby Swanson, he's got a, the same WRC plus now after tonight as Trey Turner. They see well, hit home run and see it. They're both at 130 now, so... Uh, LA hasn't started yet, so give him a second. Oh yeah, there you go. So, um, but yeah, we'll all pick Dansby for sure um, for that one. So let's go ahead and look at the catcher position, which I think we might want to throw up. But uh, in the national or in the American League, at least, I really think there's you're deciding between two options, and I don't know how you feel, but I kind of feel like Alejandro Kirk might be the pick. Yeah. Um... You know, it's tough to pick this because, you know, catching the catching position has been a little bit rough uh, this year. Um, yeah. I mean, man, it's tough. I mean, I, you know, the number two in the in catchers in war is Jose Trevino mm-hmm. from the Yankees, and he's only played 39 games. Yeah. So, of course, but you got to remember, too, that Alejandro Kirk, He's played 52 games, but he DHs all the time. So um, now he's playing catcher more right now because of injuries to Danny Jansen. But still, um, you know, you're kind of looking at him as more of a DH slash catcher, whereas Jose Trevino, every time he he plays, he's catching. And uh, Sean Murphy, too, every time he plays, he's catching, although he's not really a candidate for for um, for the All-Star game. But uh, I, I guess it's hard to pick against Alejandro Kirk. I mean, I guess he's okay defensively ish and at catcher and that he's been sick with the, with the bat. I mean, his bat has been incredible. Only a 10% strikeout rate. He's hitting 315 with a 396 on base, a 463 slugging 145 WRC plus. 
I mean, he's been really, really well, I don't good. know where Matt went there, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, honestly, at least for me, it seems like Alejandro Kirk is going to be the far and away um, runner, at least here. I just think the lack of games for Trevino, um, even though Kirk does DH a good bit amount of the time, um, he still plays a decent catcher when he's in there. And since he's on the ballot as a catcher, um, you know, I think you got to go with him. It Usually this award would be for a guy like Salvador Perez, who's really really struggled this year so far um you know christian vasquez has been pretty decent but the ops isn't really there it's just it really comes down to kirk and trevino and i just think the games from uh trevino or from kirk at least is the reason why he's going to take this award uh and then looking on the national league side there's the runner for a runaway for catcher is wilson Contreras for sure um what he's done so far this year 268 average 10 homers an 899 OPS. He just kind of runs away with this award. Tyler Stevenson would be a great option if he was able to stay on the field, but he recently, uh, it was on Thursday, he just broke his thumb, so he's going to be out for another month. Kind of hard to pick him. Dalton Varsha has been another name, but he's been playing a lot of outfield. Uh, William Contreras is another interesting option, but he's not on the ballot as a catcher. He's on as a DH. So, I think for this award, we'll go with, uh, or for this uh, this vote at least, we'll go with Wilson Contreras for the catcher. Now let's go ahead and move on to the American League outfield position. We get to pick three uh, from each of the outfield spots. So who do you have for your American League outfielders? Well, I think the first one's going to be pretty obvious here. Uh, it's all going to start Manny with Manny Margot. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well, Manuel Margot is actually on the list of – of not quite guys I would pick as my starter, but he's, he's been really good. But uh, the first guy is obviously going to start with Aaron judge. Um, you know, he's just been insane this year. I mean, you look at him on the season, you know, um, a one ninety four WRC plus he's hit three thirteen with three eighty five on base and a six, four, six seventy four slugging. He leads the American, he leads the majors in home runs. Um, the guy's just been absolutely incredible. Um, so he's definitely my number one. Um, I think number two, uh, you know, it's hard to pick against Mike Trout. I know he had that little, uh, you know, stretch where he wasn't playing so well for a while there, but he's been The Mike stats Trout. still back it up. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's still been insane. Um, you know, so Mike Trout's obviously going to be there. 188 WRC+, 293 average. 392 on base, 634 slugging, 16 home runs. Um, you know, I am a little bit worried about his strikeout rate. He's been striking out an awful lot, but, I mean, nothing's been – it's nothing red flag worthy or anything. And then my other guy, um, you know, I would think about Taylor Ward because of the start he was on in, in L.A. and for the Angels. But, you know, with him being out a lot, he's still out right now. I think he's supposed to actually come back next week, but – I think I'm probably going to go with my third one being Kyle Tucker. Um, he's – it could – it's hard it, – him, I mean, Buxton you could go with, um, you know. Springer. Springer even. you could go with, yeah. I mean, it's tough between those guys. I mean, there's a bunch you could put on there, but I probably would go with uh, Kyle Tucker. The guy's very underrated. Um He's got a, uh, you know, a, really the only difference between him statistically and, um, well, I mean, 
Buxton, Buxton's only played 46 games. I mean, that's that's the problem with Buxton. And, I mean, he's been insane in those 46 games. He's actually been extremely unlucky. I, I really like what he's done. His approach has been better this year. It, it's still been – his approach is still rough at the plate. He strikes out a ton and doesn't walk much. But it's been better than it has in the past. It's improved. And But, I mean, he's hit 18 home runs in 46 games. I mean, he's been ex- extremely good, so – but, uh, you know, with the 46 games, I, I still th- I think I probably go with Tucker just because of the sample. Ten more games. I mean, it is only 30 more plate appearances, but uh, which is it's tough to pick between those guys. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I'll probably go with Tucker. He, he's been really good. He's underrated. He didn't get enough talk. So, yeah, Tucker, uh, I don't hate the Tucker pick at all. Buxton, you mentioned like he's. That, you know, there's going to be an argument for him as well for what he's done. The average is low, but the impact he brings to the team, it's just, it's far and above a lot of what these other guys do. George Springer, you know, we didn't mention much about him, but he's had a really good season as well. 56 games, 238 plate appearances as well. A 144 WRC plus, 282 average, a 350 on base, 526 slugging. I mean, those are the only difference between him and Tucker there is Tucker has 10 more on the uh you know point ten oh ten on the uh on base percentage they're really the big difference is george springer's defensively has not been that great this year compared to all these other guys um so that's probably kind of sets him back a little bit more um you know out of that argument but kyle tucker i'm perfectly fine with him being our third option for the american league outfield as well uh jumping over to the national league side i think this one's kind of wide open i Really, there's only kind of one lock in my eyes for the National League outfield. What about you? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think Mookie Betts, obviously, is a lock here. He's been really good this year. Uh, having a, a bit of bounce back, I guess. I mean, last year he was really good, but he maybe what quite his typical self. And this year he's been his typical self. Um, he's definitely going to be my number one here. Um, and then there's really a conglomerate of guys between – you know, kind of between one and two war, who have all been really good. Um, you know, you look at, um, I mean, Brandon Nimmo is a guy that could probably get some consideration. He's been improved defensively in center field. He's put up a 129 WRC+. Plus. Uh, he's got one of the better approaches at the plate in the big leagues. Uh, the only problem with Brandon Nimmo, not much power, only four home runs, a 409 slugging percentage is a little rough. Ian Happ's actually been really good this year for the Cubs. Um, he's a guy that you could maybe put in there. Mike Estrimsky has been really good for the giants. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it's tough. Um, it's tough to pick between all those guys. I mean, they're all kind of close together, but if I had to pick, I'd probably pick, uh, Nemo and right. It's tough to pick against. I mean, I honestly, I, I'd probably pick Hap and I mean, Jerks and Profar has been really good too. Um, but I'd probably go with Hap and any honestly, maybe Nemo, but I, that slugging percentage is really low. So, yeah, I would, I, I think Gostromsky is another guy that has to be on there, um, as well. Uh, just the resurgence he's had this year. I think he's too good to pass up there. You know, Nemo and Hap, I think those are the other two I'm deciding between as well. Um, I just think the the defensive, the jump in defensive numbers for Brandon Nimmo, especially playing center field, 
think that kind of gives him the edge to me, even though maybe the the other overall counting stats aren't quite, you know, the same or, or there to match up with Hap. I think defensively kind of sets him apart enough to get the vote for me. Um, you know, I don't even, and I'm just looking to make sure, but I don't even see Profar on the ballot. Um, for he outfield, might, might not be on the ballot because he's a utility oh, no, player. He is, he is right there. Oh, gotcha, um, okay. so I do see him, but um, I, I do think it comes down to Nimmo and and Hap, and I, I kind of lean Nimmo um, more than more than uh, over Hap for sure. But looking over, we'll jump to the designated hitter. This is the last spot actually on the ballot, and then we'll talk about some starting pitching. Uh, but for the American League designated hitter, who do you got? This is the most obvious pick I think we got. It's Jordan Alvarez. The guy's been insane at the plate. 315 average, 403 on base, 625 slugging, a 192 WRC+. Plus. Um, just incredible at the plate. His strikeout rate is under 16% this year, which is a big improvement. He walks a good bit. Um, his Babbitt's kind of a is really sustainable this is probably the hitter he is now which is scary and um you know and obviously as a dh he's he's you know he's at every he's a d he's an all the time dh so um you know he's definitely the guy that i would go with here yeah your dawn's kind of ran away with it um you know if you asked me probably two weeks ago i was saying that it would be between your dawn and jd martinez um and it's still really close I think Martinez is having, you know, the batting average on balls in play is really high, but a 347 average, a 413 on base, 563 slugging, not slugging quite as much, only seven homers this year compared to Jordan having 17. But the overall offensive numbers kind of look, you know, right pretty close to the same. I mean, a 174 WRC plus to a 192 that leads for Jordan. That's kind of why he separated himself there. But JD Martinez is having a great season as well. And, I wouldn't be, you know, count him out of the designated hitter race um, at all as well for the American League. But looking over at the National League, we have, uh, I think this one's pretty easy. You think it's Bryce Harper, um, just since he's listed here. It would have been an interesting conversation had he not been under the de- designated hitter list. But since he's here, I think he's the obvious and easy choice. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Bryce Harper's been really good at the plate. Um, sucks that he's on the DH list because he's in because of injury, but. Um... You know, obviously, I mean, he's far beyond the best here. Um, you know, I think other than him, you could make an argument, you know, if it wasn't for Bryce Harper being there, you could make an argument definitely for uh, William Contreras. He's been extremely good. It, it, it's tough with some of the DH stuff because, I mean, William Contreras is catching more than DHing. And I think the same could be said for a couple of the guys on the American League side uh, playing a lot more out. Like, I think Andrew Vaughn's typically playing in the outfield, right? I mean, um, I think know, he's Josh, on the DH list too. But. He's on the DH list here, but I think he typically plays outfield. You know, he's actually yeah. in the field. Josh Donaldson's another guy who's typically playing at third base and not just DHing. So, um, you know, look at the uh, the National League list. I mean, Willie Contreras is, you know, typically catching. The only reason he's on the DH list is because Travis Darno is there and they split time at catcher. I mean, um, you look at like. Um, you know, like Max Muncy plays in the field a lot, doesn't he still? I mean, yeah. second base, yeah, I mean, he's on the DH list. So, you know, it's it's weird that, that, that it comes out like that. But definitely um, I would vote for Bryce Harper. 
Um, I do think that Albert Pujols will probably get a lot of votes because people are assuming this is his last year. Actually, he didn't. He, did he announced this was his last year? Yeah. But, yeah, it was – Wainwright's the guy that didn't announce it was his last year. But, yeah, um, but yeah Albert Pujols, it, you know, he'll probably get a lot of votes. But, obviously, if we're picking based on merit, we're going to pick Bryce Harper. It, so. Yeah, it, it's Harper. It also seems like – tell me if you get this as well, like, Pujols is going to be at the All-Star game. Like, I think we can all kind of agree on that. Like, they'll give him an honorary spot at least. I, I just, I have that feeling. Like, they've, the precedent has been set, especially in other sports before, for a guy who's in his final season, the send-off. Like, he'll get an All-Star game. He'll be there. Um, even if it's, like, the manager's choice or something like that. Like, he'll be at the game somehow. Um, at least I get that feeling for sure. But yeah, I think it's easy. Bryce Harper here. Um, you said the DH spot, especially in the National League, the American League, it's been so set in stone for a couple years or for a few years, I should say, uh, that we know what to, how the DH works. The National League teams are just getting it and they're more using it as like a utility spot more than anything, giving an extra day off to a guy out of injury, just getting them off their feet for an extra day off the field. Um, so that's why it's kind of you have more of kind of a hodgepodge of guys. But since Bryce Harper's playing there and the way he's playing, um, it's the easy choice there. But that's it for our actual regular ballot uh, that we will submit in. But we also wanted to pick who our all-star game starters would be for each side. So who would you have for your American League all-star game starter? Yeah, so uh, there's several guys that you could go with here. Um, you know, I think that just to name five pitchers that should be in the running for it. Kevin Gossman, Tariq Skubal, Shane McClanahan, uh, Alec Manoa, uh, Nestor Cortez Jr., or, or Nestor Cortez, and maybe maybe Justin Verlander, too, could be candidates. But I, I think I would go with Shane McClanahan. This guy has been insane. Uh, he has been, I mean, you know, he's got a, he's pitched 72 innings, which is a solid number. Uh, I think it actually is one of the tops in the American League. Um, so it's he's seventh in the American League in innings pitched, um, but you look at him and he's a guy that has a um, uh, excuse me he's got a 187 ERA on, in those 72 innings, a 2.45 FIP and a 2.02 xFIP, 12.1 strikeouts per nine, only 1.6 walks per nine. Um, He's getting the ball on the ground really well, too. He's got that rare combination of lots of strikeouts, not a lot of walks, and gets the ball on the ground. And anytime you get that combination, you're in good shape. And this guy, is he's, he's lefty, he throws hard, he's fun to watch, he's electric. I think he should be the starter. Um, I think Nestor Cortez is probably going to get a lot of run for that just because, you know, the story and he's played pitching for the Yankees and stuff. But I'd go with Shane McClanahan. I think he's been the best so far. Yeah, McClanahan would be the guy I would choose as well. Um, you know, Verlander's obviously right there, especially the the comeback he's had. He leads the American League in innings pitched. He also has a 194 ERA, even though the FIP and the XFIP don't quite back that up at a 350 and 347. Um, but I could definitely see Verlander getting you know a lot of run at potential starting the All Star game as well. Um, you know. Other fun stories, Alex Manoa has been pretty good this year. A 167 ERA, a 296 FIP. Like, I could see him getting 
uh, a look and even maybe Martin Perez, maybe not being a starter, you know, the actual starter of the game, but being on the roster. Um, he's made a, a tremendous comeback story this year for sure. After, you know, being a guy who's kind of middled around middle of the rotation to back end of the rotation guy for most of his career um, and coming back to Texas where he originally started and having a great season um, to start with. But so that's for the uh, that's from the American League side. The starters, I think we both agree, Shane McClanahan should be the guy. But looking at the National League, I think this is one's going to be even easier for us to agree on, and that's because it's going to be Sandy Alcantara. Yeah, I mean Sandy Alcantara is, is probably the guy to go for here. He's got 91 innings, which is insane at this point of the season, uh, in this day and age, um, pitched and you know 168 ERA. Uh, peripherals don't totally back that up, but they do expect him to be really good. Um, you know, only eight strikeouts per nine. I think that number actually probably comes up some as the season goes on. I think he, he typically would – I think he's just maybe been a little bit unlucky on his strikeouts. He's, his stuff typically plays up better than that. Uh, 2.66 walks per nine, not not too bad there. Not not giving up many homers at all. Gets the ball on the ground a lot. Weak contact. Pitches deep into games is the big thing with him, though. He's such a workhorse. He saves a bullpen that's not really all that good to start with. Uh, and I think Sandy Alcantara is definitely going to be the guy here. Uh, looking at some other guys, I mean, Joe Musgrove's been really good. He's actually got a better ERA than Sandy Alcantara, but he's pitched uh, about 19 fewer innings, which is a pretty good bit. Uh, but he's been extremely good as well. Um, a 150 ERA for him in 72 innings. Um Okay, Zach Wheeler has really turned around after a kind of a rough start to the season. He really has turned it around. He's been really solid. Um, you know, some other guys in there, um, you know, I mean, Corbin Burns, the defending Cy Young winner, has been really good. Um, you know, he, he's still – he'll be on the all-star team for sure. Pablo Lopez will definitely be on the all-star team. He's been really good. But, but if I was going for a starter, it would definitely be uh, Sandy Alcantara right now. Yeah, he far and away – um, is the, you know, even if you were talking about pick one starting pitcher, it would be him uh, throughout the entire major leagues right now. He's just been so good this year. I know we've mentioned him a lot, but he's been so worthy about it um, the past couple seasons. But that will, uh, you know, that's technically not on our actual ballot, but we want to bring that to you guys as well. Is there anything else that you want to hit on all-star game-wise or, or any other notable names you want to talk about? Um, I don't think so. I think I'm, I'm pretty uh... – I feel good about kind of the guys we picked. Um, you know, I think um, it's definitely fun to look at. Maybe maybe the next week or two we can look at – we're almost halfway through the season. Um, yeah. I think with the next few weeks maybe we can look at some, uh, you know, like rookies that are doing really well or uh, pitchers, you know, who, who are – I guess kind of pitchers, whoever start the All-Star game. We kind of talk about this the same as the like Cy Young candidates or whatever. But yeah. maybe some of those other awards, maybe some pitchers or – standing out certain aspects that we haven't really looked at so far but um definitely uh just a couple weeks before that all-star game and um you know after that it, things really tighten up there's been a lot of interesting baseball recently you had the a uh, lot of streaking teams i mean the braves have won 13 straight games the phillies uh have won i think they had won nine out of ten or ten out of eleven and uh, i think tonight they were up but they i think they blew the lead in the ninth inning tonight um, and then you've got teams like the Angels that are streaking in a bad way, but that maybe they've gotten off the schneid just a little bit the last couple of days. But um, definitely a lot of a lot of streakiness going on right now, and uh, some races tightening up, some races spreading out. And uh, but we'll uh, you know we'll keep a keep an eye on it for you, and we'll uh, we'll talk 
be, be back with it next week. So, Yeah, with you said, it's getting ready to be that halfway point of the year. Maybe we jump back to look at our preseason predictions-wise um, and see where we're standing on awards and, and kind of that. That'd be you know another fun thing to do uh, as well. Uh, just wanted to mention as well, since we filled out the All-Star Game Ballot, you can go to MLB.com slash All-Star um, ballot and they will you can put your own ballot in there you can vote up to five times per day um, the phase one through it goes through june or from june 8th through june 30th that's for your favorites and then from june or july 5th to july 8th they'll have a three-day um, where it's the finalists at each position and you pick the starter there so if you want to go create your own ballot just go to mlb.com slash all-star ballot and you can vote up to five times per day as well. So you can get your favorite players uh, to Los Angeles for the all-star game. But uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for this episode of the Batflip podcast. Thanks everyone for tuning in and we'll catch you guys next week. Thanks everybody.